relationships. It's all about relationships. We have business development directors and business development managers. We still have to do the old knock on the doors. Now, at the moment, COVID is it that can't happen. But we still have to call out to people and remind them that we're still here. Hello and welcome to the Switched On podcast with Domain Electrical, chatting with some of the leaders in the electrical field, finding out how they got there and what they think may be next for the industry. We're also chatting with manufacturers and suppliers from around Europe about which products are going to make our lives and jobs easier later in the year. Coming up, we'll be speaking with Paul Morrow from Klauka. But first, let's talk to the founder of CJK Engineering, a company which was founded in 1998 on a whim. The founder admits to starting without a plan. He didn't even have a van. But now, 23 years later, CJK Engineering is very much in business, delivering projects for the big foreign direct investment projects in the commercial, pharma, industrial and data centre sectors. Connor Kearney, it's a pleasure to welcome you onto the podcast. Um, you left school after the intercert, as, as we called it back in the day, and you went for an electrical apprenticeship in 1984. It's some journey going from there to where you are today. Tell me at least the beginning. Well, Dusty, uh, thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, I, I, I went to St. Declan's till, till intercert. And um, at the time, kind of booked the trend a little bit in Declan's. I decided to leave and I went after an apprenticeship in uh, Anko and at the time Anko would have had unsponsored apprenticeships and sponsored so there was two places in um, Dublin Central for apprentices two electrical apprentices and that that kind of puts it in perspective the the opportunities were so small at the time so I, I did a, a year off the job in, in, in Jervis Street and we were sent out every Friday with a half day and we had to go out and call into every single business, electrical business through the yellow pages and go into the instructor on a Monday and say, name the, the three companies you had visited. Uh, and we didn't get a job at the end of it. After one year, after visiting probably 100 companies, no, no job. So eventually, Anko got us a trial. There was two of us, two unsponsored, and there was one job. And whoever was the better got the job. Well, luckily, both of us got the job. So uh, that was the start of saving my time. And uh, I served for a four-year apprenticeship, finished in 1988. I think people tend to forget what it was like in the mid-80s. It was just, everybody was leaving the country. Um, it's, it's hard to, uh, the young lads today and y- young girls today, it's hard to put in perspective. I remember being interviewed on a sofa by a husband and wife in their pajamas at 11 o'clock in the morning on uh, Collins Avenue. For that's how for a job uh, for a friendship. I obviously knew that there was no opportunity of a friendship, but they were in the yellow pages, uh, so they they had to be visited. And and you'd go on your bike out the leak slip, and you'd no one would answer the door. And you know it was there were just no opportunities then, you know. But thankfully there is now. So listen, 1988. Then uh, when you qualified and you were out with the apprenticeship and you were working and making money, where where did you go? Um, I I ended up in Moscow actually. First of all, um, on a airing they were doing these. Um, can I just stop you just to clarify? That's Moscow in Russia. Yeah, we, we went to Moscow. Uh, wow. Be, before the wall, Perestroika had just kicked in. and um, But the, the wall, Berlin Wall, obviously was two years before it came down. So communism was still was still in the thick of communism. And we went out working on the uh, Airint that were starting duty-free shops. And so we worked in Sheremetyevo Airport. Then I came back from there, did a stint in London. And then I came back and I worked in in various jobs then. And yeah, the money wasn't bad. Uh, I made some good money in some places, but it was the wages weren't there at what they are today, but it was still a good, good career start, you know. 
So tell me about starting your own business, because I said in the introduction that, you know, it was a thing of a bit of a whim thing for you. You didn't even have your own van. No, there was no, there was no real plan. I t- what, what basically happened was, um, I think actually on one of your other podcasts, you were talking to, I know John Corcoran well, and, and I think John put it very succinctly. It was a case of, I was working in, 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 a, in, a, in a big American, uh, for, for a contractor in the big American company, and um, I just didn't want to stay there. I just didn't want to, um, wasn't for me. And my wife was just about to have our first child the following week. So I just went, oh, I, there was an, I just, just wasn't for me. I just, there was no plan, obviously, because that wasn't be the best time to start, start your own business. So I took a couple of weeks off and I, I really took about six months of driving my wife's car with an aluminium steps in the back, doing a few odd jobs, deciding what I wanted to do, you know. After a year, I kind of knuckled down to, right, let's give this a real go, you know. And I, you know, yeah, obviously you get lucky as well in the, particularly in them first couple of years, because that can be hard to overcome some of the stumbling blocks put in your way, you know. What was what was the final idea that you came up with and said, "This is what I'm going to do"? And why did you decide on that? Honestly, I'll talk about it a bit later. But we're in the middle of a, a strategic business plan at the moment, but there there really was no plan in the first, honestly, ten, twelve years. I can't say I was planning anything. It was simple. Just work hard and just customer above everything. Um, just probably too too much, being honest, giving it too much time. But it was really about um, got a couple of opportunities. Didn't want to let people down. And bit by bit, uh, a, a, an ex business partner joined a year later. So there was two of us. Then there was an apprentice. Then there was two apprentices. Four. And then bit by bit, we we acted on a little bit every year. Um, and and we start working on decent jobs for it was mainly around commercial and airports was a big break for us as well you know which we're still working in twenty three years later you know there was a point where something clicked because you had a a period of very rapid growth with the company what was it that happened that spurred that on to be honest we we decided to change it was um um the new people uh. New people came into the business. Uh, our MD, uh, Vinny, Vinny Brown, he's come in. Um, Vinny came in as commercial uh, director. Um, we just took a deep breath and decided that, right, which way do we want to go? 2008 to 2011 wasn't the time to kick on, but I decided that was the time to kick on. We took a chance and we brought in the people we needed to bring in. And uh, I was less constantly working on the tools. I started looking at the bigger picture and doing a little bit of blue sky thinking that I still get slagged about all the time inside. But yeah, it, that, opening up, open up your world to opportunities uh, really uh, was probably a changing point, you know. I hear that from a lot of people. They're kind of thinking like uh, we mentioned the mid 80s, we mentioned 2008. It's like these periods of recession, which are periods of disruption, which kind of forces you to think differently. And almost everybody in this podcast has gone, right, we need to do something about this. And they do. And they end up having ma- amazing growth. Do you think it's something to do with the mindset? I, I, I believe um, even in the first year when I was in Jervis, Jervis doing the apprenticeship, that, that first year where I was told, get out, come back every Monday with um, three companies. I remember knocking on doors going, oh, Jesus, Christ, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be doing this. But then you just got used to it. So it kind of it kind of strengthens you up in, uh, in in your career later on, not being afraid to go out and ask for opportunities and asking. And, and 2008 to 2011, um, a lot of people fell away, unfortunately. A lot of people had to go abroad. So we just knuckled down and 
we started looking at uh, uh, other opportunities. Uh, we got into data centers a little bit. That really helped us through. I think it was hard work still at that stage, you know. So when you talk about data centers, and I'm just using that as an example, what kind of work would you do in those types of facilities? We, we have a small presence there, but it's growing. Um, so we'd work for some of the bigger companies. We do a lot of the, the retrofits to their data center halls, that kind of stuff, you know. We'd work in pharmaceutical companies. We work in uh, commercial fit-outs, for instance. We do fairly significant uh, new big American companies coming in and, and, and European and international companies and Irish companies, and we do their fit-outs. We do a lot of work in, as I said, public sector uh, so we've a broad, we've a broad suite of 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 work uh, where we work. All of those things have one ca- thing in common, and that is that they're all big, and you must have competitors going for those same gigs that are way bigger than your company. I mean, how do you how do you compete with them? We're trying to be the best at everything we do. There's probably at the moment we've 220 direct people. There's four or five of the big big companies that are yeah they're on a different level we're competing we're up there a lot of it is price driven but a lot of it is i've clients 23 years clients 15 16 17 years and um, they like seeing the same we, we 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 employ a lot of direct labor so a lot of people that have been around the the place a long time 23 years paul wong is with me 22 years clients seen the same people coming in they want these guys because they trust them so we you know, we're not afraid of of competing at that level, but we don't want to be the biggest. So I don't think there's a there's not a drive in CJK to be the biggest. There's definitely a drive at every sector we enter, try and be the best, and and that's what we continue to try and do. You know, and it's, it's kind of it's keeping repeat business more than anything else. A lot of that is, and don't forget your your business. You know, we're in as I said earlier, we're 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 in the middle of a plan and. And yeah, we're going out and we're opening up and we're looking at the opportunities for overseas possibly or in, in uh, growing in, in, in existing sectors and new sectors here. But don't forget who got you there because, you know, good times co- uh, come, bad times come, but it's great to be able to fall back to the, to the, to the guys and, and who've given you the success in the first place, you know. I love that, the fact that it's regular custom is what you really build your business on. But the other thing is that you constantly have to be out there looking for new customers and new customers and winning new business. How does CJK Engineering market itself these days? Our presence on, on the usual platform, social media, LinkedIn, has definitely, um, people are coming to us on us now that we're being inventive there. And, you know, we try and be, we don't take ourselves too, too seriously in CJK. And our culture is very flat. The big focus for us is is trying to show, uh, from a HR perspective, at the moment in our industry, there's there's full employment. Um, in fact, there's not enough people. So we have to attract in good, the best talent. And we are doing that. And also, that's externally. Internally, we have a huge opportunity because the foundation we've built over the last 23 years, we have a lot of go- uh, apprentices and electricians who come through who want their next opportunity. Their opportunity is going to be our opportunity, you know. So, yeah, we're, 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 um, we're in the middle of a new website build at the moment. We did a rebrand two years ago and we were heavily social media. We have a, a good presence on LinkedIn now and we're getting good press about that as well, you know. And what do you do that uh, people say is a little bit irreverent on LinkedIn? Um, if you have a look, we had a post there at Christmas, which was um, we got all the cars together and then we got a drone and they all lit up and they were in the shape of a Christmas tree, that, them type of things, you know, and uh, there's lots of that kind of uh, creative stuff going on, you know. 
I know, because there's a huge difference between, you know, as you say, when you were starting out, you literally had to knock on people's doors to get to talk to them. Now it's kind of like, you know, oh, well, you have a website and you've got LinkedIn and you've got this and Google Analytics and that. I mean, where does your head sit with all this? It melts my head. How, how, what does it do with yours? Still in our business, digital is so important, but still in our business, relationships, it's all about relationships. We have business development directors and business development managers and, 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 and they're, they, we still have to do the old knock on the doors. Now, at the moment, COVID, is a, that can't happen. So we try and do what we can do over Zoom or over Teams. Um, but we still have to call out to people and remind them that we're still here. Look, a lot of our work comes from do a good job, don't create any hassle or grief for the client, do it on time, do it within budget. And then hopefully they'll consider you for the next job. And they, and they always do uh, with CJK. We, we haven't lost a client yet, so that's a good... Uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, it's about the team. It's, you know, it's not about me. It's about all the great guys you have working in there and all the great girls you have working in, in the business, you know. You also reach out, Connor, to people to give them a chance in the industry and you encourage other apprentices to succeed. How, how do you do this? So we... we Age profile for years. I was 16 when I started serving time. At the time, I was 16, 17, 18. I remember guys thinking 19, 20, they're too old. I would say we have about nine or 10 apprentices that are over 30, 35 years of age. And they range from, as I said, up to maybe the age of 42, 43. Some are only starting on their journey, married with kids. Uh, some are coming to the end of four years. Now, four years seems like a long time. And it's a huge commitment from... The, the people that do it. It's a commitment from us as well, but the biggest commitment is that they have to re, restart again. And, and particularly if you have children and financially and mortgages, but uh, we find that the quality that's coming through with people who've been already through maybe a different career path. Uh, we've guys who've done uh, 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 university degrees and decided it's not for them. There's a big uh, push in the last, particularly when 2008 to 2011, construction got a bad name. And engineering and our business got a bad name. So parents just wanted to focus on sending their children to, uni- to college. It was all about college. I remember, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, I was in a community uh, college. And back in the day when community colleges were built, they were focused on trades back in the 70s. There was always metalwork rooms and woodwork rooms. And I called in to a uh, principal and had, having the discussions about, we go into schools uh, Debbie Tiger, HR manager, myself, um, and so and the other guys go in and we give talks to to schools about the opportunities and presentations. But I was standing outside a woodwork room in a community college uh, school, and the principal told me that his school, their goal was 100% college attendance. And yeah, I was looking into the window, and there was guys in the metalwork and woodwork room doing work behind them. So, but there was that snobbery. Parents, uh, I think it's turning. The minister yesterday announced a big apprenticeship program. I've been beating that drum for a long time, uh, particularly in, a, in the CIF and the ECA, that it's something to be proud of. It's, you, you're, you're paid while you train. And um, so that's, 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 that's what we do, you know. There is a, quite a difference between an apprenticeship and learning something in college. I always find that college and university is more theory and apprenticeship is definitely getting on and, and, and doing the job. But I suppose it depends on the different things that you do. Um, you also do some work with Cool Mind Therapeutic Community. Can you tell me about that? 
Yeah, that's that's very close to our hearts, and it's very close to. We started off. We didn't know where we were getting into. To be honest, yeah, I knew of Cool Mine. Actually, our MD went to Cool Mine School, which is next door. But I'm from not far from. I'm from uh, down around the Cabernet Avenue Road area there, off Blackhorse Avenue. Cool Mine. When we were growing up, we knew it was people who had addiction problems ended up there for on programs. So there was still that. There's still stigma, unfortunately, but that, but there was even bigger stigma then. So we got involved two years ago. And we decided to give one of the clients who came through the, the program, and they're six months programs. And if you get through them programs, I'm telling you now, you're ready for anything because they're tough programs. So, you know, I, I'd be liaison and talking to the, to the program managers and that and, and, and the CEO. So we, we gave them an opportunity uh, as a, just a general operative on site. And after six months, they thrived. So they're now in their second year apprenticeship, uh, serving the time. And we gave another client last year, and they, for six months again, we trialed it out as working in the stores and doing general optical work. It's um, it's been a huge success, and it, and it's a massive. It's been a success for Cool Moyen, but it's been a huge success for us because it, it marries up exactly with our culture. Our culture is very flat, and everybody's the same, and don't you know the the MD to the to the first year apprentice. You know, our hope and wish is that if you walk in the pub and when we're having our nights out, when we come back after all this carnage, that you wouldn't know who it is, bar maybe by age profile. Because the two candidates are both now serving their time. And I was only up there yesterday talking uh, up in Coolmine Lodge. And the work they do is incredible, you know. But it's it's taught us as well uh, that we do as we say, which is, yeah, we are all the same. And give give people second chances and third chances and whatever they need, you know. So you've had a very good experience with it. Really, really good. Right across the company. There's surprise there as well. Don't be wrong. Because people have stigma around, particularly around drug addiction, and they think that everyone that they see in the street. But when you see them people on the street, when they're going through therapy, you know, the same as me and you, they're not any different. It's just they've had challenges in their life. So it's good to give it a second chance. And it, it, it's, it's great for the company because it, it definitely, people then feel as if, you listen to them if they come with a problem or if there's an issue, you know. Tell me about the future. What's next for CJK Engineering? Well, we're at a pivotal moment. We're 23 years in business. I'm not, I don't, I don't skip the ship anymore at all. There's, we brought in some external, uh, Eamon Thornton came in, new operations director. But the existing guys um, are still there. Um, and there's a huge number of people, significant amount of people who want to push on and get ahead with their careers. Some of them, thankfully, they just want to be really good electricians. But we have people who've now turned development into quantity surveyors, engineers, procurement planners, all that kind of stuff. So we are now in the middle of uh, just, it's going to take us four months of a new strategic plan for the business for the next five years. So I think I touched on it earlier that, you know, our opportunity will be led by the opportunities of all the staff. And we don't have people that leave, you know, very, very few leave CJK. But we need to, we can't sit in our laurels either because we know that there's shiny diamonds lying in the grass everywhere now. You know, everybody's getting attracted. But we're doing something right because we don't have huge levers and we want to build on significant foundation and and grow in, particularly in sectors like the the data center, the pharmaceutical, the health sectors that we've, we've only touched off on. We haven't given it the full we haven't given it the full hug yet, but we are. We're, we're, we're about to start, you know. Well, listen, I wish you every, every, every success in the future. Uh, Connor from CJK Engineering, thanks very much for talking to us. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you. 
Our Switched On podcast today is brought to you by Domain Electrical, the leading independent Irish-owned supplier, importer and distributor of industrial electrical components in the country. You'll find their story at domain.ie or just use the link in the show notes, which you'll find in the phone app or website, which you're listening to us on right now. Let's go to Cheshire in England now and speak with Paul Morrow, who works for Klauka, a company renowned for its high quality electrical connection technology and tools for crimping, cutting and punching. Paul has been in the cable accessories market for 26 years, 20 of those working with a domain as well. Um, Paul, tell me about Klauka. Tell me a little bit about the, the company. Okay. yep. Hi, Dusty. Um, Klauka is a, a German company. It's a very old company going back to the 1879, and they started off making tools for the watchmaking industry. So it was quite a different start to the business. It was two brothers, Gustav Klauke uh, himself and his brother. They were just 24 years old back then. And yeah, they started making pliers for the watchmaking industry. And then around about the 1960s, they started getting into the electrical crimping side. So it's expanded and expanded over the years. Um, it's grown into a, a huge company with thousands of people reporting in under the Emerson umbrella, who are our current owners. So within Emerson, there is a division called Professional Tools, and Professional Tools really hosts the brands of Clauker, Greenlee, and Rigid, and provides tools that really cover all the mechanical, electrical and plumbing industries. You've been with the company quite a long time now yourself. What what eventually, what got you in there? Well, it's funny that a lot of people don't really know where they're going to go in life or, or you know, where they're going to end up and your path somehow is, is, is passed out for you. I started, always had a, a sort of a liking of engineering. I, I grew up, my father was a mechanical engineer, my brother's a civil engineer. So I thought I'll try electrical. So I went off to Liverpool and uh, studied electrical engineering. Uh, And from there, I got involved with a company who made uh, power cables. So it was a company called BICC Cables. And I got into that power cable market. It was really after that that I joined Klauke. I saw them at an exhibition over in Germany that I was visiting. And they didn't really have much representation in the UK and Ireland. So I started working with Klauke. Um, yeah, over 20 years ago now, and really started to build their business in the UK and Ireland. Tell me about the kind of products uh, range that you, you have in general. Well, we, we, we provide really the, the sort of the high-end quality range of cutting cables and crimping cables. And when I say high-end, that's really how we got involved with Domain Electrical in the beginning, in the a crimping, probably when you and I were doing it, was always a, a manual version. You know, we had a tool, it was like a, like a bulworker. You were going, instead of going to the gym, you could, you could get the tool out and start you know, pumping the handles of a hydraulic tool. And it was quite hard work. And Klauke really invented the battery-powered hydraulic tools. So instead of having to use that you know, raw strength, you could touch a button and it would do the job for you. So it was the previous owner of Domain, uh, Noel McLaughlin, who really saw the products that we, we had invented And he really took a punt on them and said, I want to introduce this technology to the Irish market. And at the time, it was quite quite a step because the cost of the products was three or four times a manual tool. So really, he he took a punt. 
obviously the, the, the customers, the industry responded very favorably. Um, and it's all about that quality end of the market. So when, when we sell products, we stand behind what we sell. It's a product that is quality assured. We certify it to all the international standards so that when you crimp a, um, a cable lug with one of our tools, you know that that product is going to last for years to come. Unfortunately, there's a lot of products out in the market which aren't of the right quality level. Some of them are made from uh, scrap materials. You know, the, the content of the copper in them is maybe not where it should be. So you've got to be very careful now um, in how you terminate your power cables because a lot of equipment, if you're talking about the industrial side, uses very high current. And if you've compromised the cable run by a poor quality connection where you may have spent tens of thousands of pounds on the cable installation to save money on the actual terminal that connects it to your equipment is, uh, is not the best idea. So really, Clouker is all about the manufacture of the cable lug, making sure the material is right, making sure it's tested to all the international standards and having that system matched to the tooling. So it's very easy to operate um, and really gives you that peace of mind as an installer that once I've installed this, I won't be revisiting it and uh, you can put your name to that job. So quality is very important, uh, but the world is always changing. And as you said, you know, when I was a kid, crimping was very much a manual thing. Uh, we've had advances now where it's more automated, touch a button and, and off you go. Where do you think crimping and cutting and punching is going to be in 10 years time or 20 years time? Well, I think things will probably just get smaller, lighter, faster, and certification, I think, will become more and more important. So, you know, having that ability to certify the job, to prove that it's done a good job. What I mean is to say that when you've installed that, that cable lug onto a cable, that you're able to then prove when it was done, how it was done, the forces involved, and actually, a lot of that technology is already available in the tools today. We're, we're already into the realms of Bluetooth technology, believe it or not. So, you know, this, this might seem strange to someone who's just been using mechanical tools, but actually already there are pressure sensors in the tool that monitor how much force is put onto a cable lug. It's time and date stamped. You're able to actually download, of course, via an app on your phone. You can connect to the tool and print a certificate that can be emailed off to your client as proof that the job has been done to the right standard. So already today, things have advanced. Where they go in the future, I think it's, I say, battery technology will keep advancing. So they'll get smaller and lighter and more powerful. I'm sure that the, the, the engineering and hydraulics in tools will probably go more micro so it's going to go smaller and smaller to make it easier for the guys to install and get into those tight angles. But yeah, I think people are just, well, I think the regulations in the market will demand that there's traceability for installations of an electrical nature. And that will that drives really what the tool providers um, like Clouka have to do in their tools. Um, and already we've we've seen it now that people certainly nuclear industry they want long term quality records they want to know in you know ten years ago what tool installed that that particular cable when what time what forces were involved and and that's I think that's where it's going to go 
One of the other big factors at the moment, which has just happened, and it's probably one of the, the most exciting products from the Clouka range, is we've just launched the Clouka Orange range. And this is all about safety and improving safety for the end user. So it's an insulated cable cutting and crimping range of tools. So not that anybody plans to cut a, a live cable. Of course not. Everybody, everybody makes sure that uh, you know, cables are dead before they cut. But unfortunately, accidents do happen, um, especially when you're talking about buried cables and there's excavations done and you, you un, unearth a cable. But they can quite often take a route which is not obvious, you know, round rocks or maybe round poles or something. And the wrong cables do get cut every now and then. So what we've launched is this range, which is a fully insulated and VDE certified, which is the, the German certification body for insulated hand tools. So each tool is rated at 1,000 volts. So if, if somebody was unlucky enough to cut through a cable which was live, of course, it wouldn't stop it going bang, but the operator themselves would be protected. And that's quite a, quite a step. Um, quite a step forwards in safety within the, the cable industry. Again, it's it's something that's only recently launched. A lot of the power utilities are taking taking us up on on this new range, and also for end contractors. I think that why wouldn't you if the if the price product of a tool which can protect you in the market is more or less the same, and it is, it's, it's you know <laughs> a little more than five percent more then why wouldn't you take that step to buy a tool that could save your life one day? So, you know, safety improvements in the industry um, is probably one of the most, one of the most important at the moment uh, and something I'm quite excited about. Let me ask you just uh, briefly, you mentioned uh, Noel McLaughlin, who, of course, is the founder of Domain Electrical, uh, and he took a punt on you. And it was that kind of an interest in what you do and discovering what your product is. Do you find that that ethos has kind of come down the line with other people that you're dealing with at Domain today? Absolutely. I think Domain as a business are a very dynamic company. They're always looking at new ways of taking product to market. They're interested in brands at the top end. So all of the brands that Domain represent are quality. They're, as, they're brands that you would put your name behind, you would be happy to install and to use. And that doesn't come at the bottom end of the market. You know, that, that comes at a, at a premium, but the people that use them are concerned about the jobs that they're doing. That they're, they're, they want the, the, the safest products. They want the products that give them the most innovation. They want the products that save them time. And I would say the ethos within Domain as a company always are always looking for those edges to put them one above the competition. And I would say they're proactively looking for those innovations to make things happen. So as a whole, the people who you know, I deal with at Domain, I would say they're all extremely engaged in what they're doing. They're very engaged in our product. And you can see that with the relationship we have, which is, is fantastic throughout the company. If anyone has a problem, the phone's picked up and the, the question's answered. We also have a demonstration van, which we take over to Ireland, um, north to south. It's a great time. 
we, we see customers, um, we, we show the products, but we also use it in a training capacity with the staff at Domain, with the sales guys out on the road, with the sales guys in the branches, and update them on the new technologies that are coming through um, and new tools that we're launching. Excellent. Well, listen, hopefully we'll see you uh, over here in Ireland again very, very soon. But for now, Paul Morrow from Cloudcat, thank you very much for chatting with us. No problem. Thanks very much, Dusty. If you'd like to find out more about Paul or indeed Connor or any of the guests on our series, just follow the links in the show notes, which you'll find in the description of this podcast on your phone or whichever device you're listening to us on right now. They include links, contact details and anything else you might need to get more information. That's it for this first series of Switched On. The podcast was produced by DustPod.ie for Domain Electrical. Domain have been in business for more than 40 years and that long success has been built not just on embracing innovation, as we've heard, but also looking after and listening to their staff, along with excellent workplace relationships with their extensive network of customers and partner suppliers. The bottom line is that when you call someone in Domain, your sales contact there actually knows about the products and can suggest the right solution for any problem you're trying to solve. You can find out more about Domain on their website, domain.ie. And do join us for the next series of Switched On when we'll be talking to more industry leaders and getting great stories about how they have achieved success as well as finding out about new products designed to make our jobs easier. To get the series automatically, just click the subscribe or the follow button on your player right now. Until then, for myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you for listening and I do hope you'll join us again on the Switched On podcast with Domain Electrical.